Kim Jong Cuomo's a pig. Would you give up sex to travel? Larry Flint sent off with a bang. Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new San Miguel, a medium to full-bodied Nicaraguan puro that delights the senses with notes of white pepper, gentle earthiness, and a sweet honey-like finish. San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. And by Davidoff of Geneva, makers of Camacho and the Camacho Connecticut. Tame, but tuned up to deliver more flavor and more satisfaction. Whether it's morning, noon, or night, it's always the perfect time for Camacho, Connecticut. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Greetings and salutations and a snappy salute from Command Center Alpha. It is Alpha Dave, your global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief, and I welcome you to Bold Alpha, your destination for alpha male lifestyle conversation and commentary. Kim Jong Cuomo, if you are like me, you are fed up. You are sick of hearing him just go on and on about how everything is done is perfect and that no matter what happens in New York, he shouldn't be blamed and it's too bad that businesses have to close and people should just shut the hell up. They should be thrilled. They have someone like him overseeing everything. The worst, well, he, he's tied for the, there's three worst governors in the, in the country. That would be Kim Jong Cuomo, Gretchen Cruella DeVille Whitmer, and the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. Three winners. Absolute clunkers. Newsom is being recalled. He's probably going to be out. And don't think for a moment that Cuomo may not get impeached in the crumbling empire state of New York. He's now got 12 Democrat New York State senators that are turning on him. And when they turn on him, it is over. And we are discovering now that Kim Jong Cuomo has been a bully, regularly, routinely calling political enemies or even people, uh, uh, politicians in his own party, if somebody criticizes him or he doesn't like what somebody says, he go, calls them late at night, talks to them for an hour, berates them, threatens them. I got news for you. His father was like that, Mario Cuomo. He was another clunker. Whatever he said, oh, Mario Cuomo would be a great president. Two... Loser peas in a pod. And now the chickens have come home to roost against Kim Jong Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo. Let's just call him Andy, because he probably hates being called Andy. But Kim Jong Andy Cuomo now once again is being accused of sexual harassment. Or as Victor Britt would say, harassment, General, harassment. Lindsay Boylan, a former aide to Kim Jong Andy Cuomo, says she resigned in 2018 after he forcibly kissed her during a meeting. Now, she's running for Manhattan Borough President, and she previously accused Cuomo of repeated harassment. She didn't really offer many details until this past Wednesday. And she said that her boss informed her that Cuomo had a crush on her, and she said it was an all-too-uncomfortable-but-familiar feeling. 
the struggle to be taken seriously by a powerful man who tied my worth to my body and my appearance. Now, let me just say this about Lindsey Boylan. Nothing to look at. Fellow alphas, believe me. If she was a hottie, I would tell you. I'm sure she's very nice, but nothing to look at. Not really happening. However, that being said, nonetheless, it is improper for Cuomo in a position of extreme power or anybody in power to hit on an employee. Now, I've stated this when the hashtag MeToo movement first came out. What was it, last, earlier last year, where I said, listen, if somebody's a scumbag, they're a scumbag. Harvey Weinstein, Les Moonves, all these people now that have been accused of using a casting couch and, and inviting women to their hotel room and wearing a robe, I'm sorry. That's not being an alpha male. That's being a total scumbag. They're not even in the realm of us alpha males. And I've stated that very clearly. You know, you should treat everybody with respect and treat women with respect. I don't care if some, some woman that's working for you is the hottest thing around. She could be a 50 on a scale of 1 to 10. It's simple. You don't sexually harass somebody. You don't uh, throw innuendos. You got to know that in the workplace, you got to be very careful. And Andrew Cuomo, at the time, very forcefully stated, every woman should automatically be taken at her word that she was harassed. She should not be doubted or her story should not be disputed in any way, shape, or form. Now, I disagreed with that at the time. My feeling is this. If somebody's harassed, legitimately harassed, then fine. They should bring that out, but I believe in due process. And we have found that there have been numerous women that have used the threat of sexual harassment and hashtag Me Too to go after people or men they didn't like, either politically or for some other idea, or I just in general didn't like another man and wanted to go after them. They threw that around as a weapon. And I don't believe in weaponizing sexual harassment. If some woman is legitimately harassed, is legitimately meant to feel uncomfortable, if these scumbags say, oh, come on, let's go on the casting couch, baby, or tying a job to getting a blowjob, or actually it should be called a blowjoy, because it gives the woman joy and it gives the man joy. So it's not a job, it's a joy. So let's call it what it is, a blowjoy. And I didn't make that up. That came from Sex in the City. But when I heard it, I said, damn, she's right. They blow joy. Or to tell a woman, listen, you got you to gotta blow me and you got to bang me if you want the job. Sorry, scumbags. But Andrew Cuomo was amongst many of the liberals, the feminists, the liberal men, the Democrats that said women must be automatically assumed to be telling the truth. We heard it from Hillary Clinton, except, of course, when somebody accuses William Jefferson, Bill Clinton. So there's a double standard. But Cuomo, again, now the cat's out of the bag. There are other women that have come forward saying, yeah, he kind of, uh, you know, harassed me as well. Headline of today's New York Post, Cuomo's a pig. Governor Kiss Me suggested strip poker, former aide. I got news for you. The walls are closing in on Kim Jong Andy Cuomo. They're closing in by the politicians that you have threatened, that you have harassed, that you have 
bullied for the last umpteen years, almost 12 years in New York State. And now, the sexual harassment tag and accusation is being echoed by multiple women. It's over, Kim Jong-Andy Cuomo. So for you to say we need to automatically assume that women are telling the truth, fine. Let's assume that his former employee, Lindsey Boylan, is telling the absolute truth, and I have no reason to dispute it. And from what we're hearing now from all these people that are coming out and saying, hey, he's been harassing me. I get these phone calls. He berates me for an hour, yells, you know, at, late at night. That's, I don't know what kind of behavior that is. That's not even juvenile behavior. I mean, that's, that's hey, let's call it what it is. That's mob behavior. And Cuomo always says, oh, you know, telling somebody they're part of the mob, well, that's a diss against Italians. No, because I have plenty of Italian friends, and I know they're not part of the mob. But your behavior, Kim Jong-Andy Cuomo, is mob-like. The only difference is you're not whacking people, although, from my understanding, there have been many threats where people have gotten calls, reporters saying, you better be careful, you better watch yourself. That, to me, is blatant, a blatant threat. Whether it's violence or some sort of other retaliatory measure, who knows. But it's time for Andrew Cuomo, Andy Cuomo, to go. And I find it interesting that, of course, when a Republican is accused of sexually harassing somebody or somebody who has donated to Republicans, all the feminists, all the female members of the House and Senate, all the Democrats, they jump up and down and they say, we have to, we have to go after this person. They, they, they have, it's hashtag me too. They've harassed. They, their life must be destroyed. They must be criminally prosecuted. Yet, when the same is being said about Andy Cuomo, not a word, not a peep. In fact, yesterday, Fox News, one of their correspondents on Capitol Hill, went and asked three prominent Democrat representatives, what do you think about Andrew Cuomo? They all ran along and didn't want to answer anything. They played dumb. Magically, the cat got their tongues. The hypocrisy is amazing. They are the first to jump up and down, AOC and all those other clowns. Oh, this is harassment. We have to end their life, their career, even though I believe everybody's entitled to due process, including Andrew Cuomo, Kim Jong Cuomo. Every male should be entitled to due process. You want to sling an accusation, fine. Then you should have the evidence or prove it. Don't say, oh, they harass me, and then there is no evidence. And we saw several members in Hollywood, some, several uh, key executives were accused, and nothing came out of it. Turns out it was a woman, remember, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And so women, not all women, but some, if they're scorned, they will turn because they're angry. So every man, just like every woman that is accused of sexual harassment, deserves due process. If they don't get due process and are automatically presumed to be guilty, that is a problem. And that is what my problem was with the Me Too movement. Every man is guilty. Just like the feminists believe today that every single male baby that is born is a future sexual predator. They are a future sexual harasser just because 
They are born with a male appendage. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. So, Andrew Cuomo, Andy, it's time for you to fess up. And I want to see the evidence. But I am hoping that the evidence comes forward because from what we can tell, when you have more than one person spewing it, and you have more than one politician now all of a sudden coming out saying, oh yeah, he did that to me. Here's another telltale sign. And I'm just deriving something. I don't have this, I don't know this for fact. This is simply my opinion. Andrew Cuomo, for many years, dated celebrity chef Sandra Lee. Blonde, pretty attractive dame. And they lived together for many years. They were together after he got divorced. Uh, Sandra Lee Christensen, American television chef and author, goes by Sandra Lee. And she promotes her semi-homemade cooking using a mix of pre-packaged and fresh products in her recipe. At recipes. I've never really seen her. It's like our sister Lynn. She's a big uh, cooking aficionado. And she knows who she is and says, you know, her shows are pretty good. They started dating in the fall of 2005. Now, they were together 15 years. They met at a cocktail party in the Hamptons. Well, last year, she abruptly announced that they are separating. They're not separating. They're breaking up and abruptly moved out of the house that they shared. He moved out first, and then she moved, and they sold the house. It went up for sale for $2 million. Not only did she move out of the house, but she moved from New York State to California. Why? Now, I think she's from California originally, but much of her business was in Florida. So you got to start wondering, okay, what would prompt somebody to move from the state they've lived in for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, to just automatically get up and go to California. In one of the interviews, she said it was just time for a change to new perspective, change of scenery. Could we read between the lines? And maybe she thought, Cuomo's going to make my life a living hell if I stay in New York. I'm speculating. I don't know. I'm simply stating this could be a possibility. That she goes, not halfway across the country, all the way across the country. Again, lived in New York for many years, 15, 20 years, maybe longer, and then goes back to her native California. Now, I can understand that, but it was so quick and abrupt that you have to start wondering. Maybe she said, I need to get rid of this guy. There's more than meets the eye. I'm not going to say a word, but it is time for me to hit the eject button. Maybe that's exactly what she did. And now it is time for the senators and the members of the House in New York State, the Assembly, to hit the eject button on Cuomo's tenure as governor. I say they should impeach him and they should knock him out, finish him. New York State has had it with him. The people of New York State are fed up with him. Business owners are fed up. Everybody's, I know of nobody that says, you know, I really think Kim Jong Cuomo is great. He's done a great job. I know everybody I talked to when I was up in New York State this summer, not one person said, you know, I got to give him a little credit. Nobody. Everybody hates the guy. And if he's thinking of running for a fourth term, good luck. I believe Lee Zeldin, the Republican congressman from Long Island, will run, and I believe he would win and beat Cuomo. But I have a feeling Cuomo is not going to run for re-election. But let's hope he's kicked out before that. Kim Jong Cuomo, bye bye
Gurkha is known for producing the world's finest cigars. When you look at their blends, you look at their packaging, you look at the bands, everything about Gurkha screams quality. Gurkha has just released a new cigar that is totally about absolute taste and quality, the San Miguel by Gurkha. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. Perfect, medium to full-bodied balance, loaded with complexity, layers of flavor, including white pepper, a nice natural earth tone, finished with a sweet, honey-like taste. San Miguel by Gurkha. Features 100% Aganorsa leaf, Nicaraguan shade grown Corojo wrapper, double Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. If you're looking for a medium to full-bodied beauty, go no further. Then the new San Miguel by Gurkha, visit GurkhaCigars.com. Well, during the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus pandemic and lockdowns all over the country, many are still in effect, people are itching to travel. Now, personally, when you look at the hassle of going to travel now, Wearing the mask from the time you get into the airport. They're only serving on planes water in this prepackaged snack mix. You go across the country, five hours, you're getting a bottle of water and this prepackaged snack mix. And then you got to sit masked for five hours. I'm sorry. That just doesn't seem like fun to me. No interest. Well, apparently, there are others that differ from me. A recent study by travel search site Travago. That's the site that has that creepy guy that, uh, that does the commercials. I haven't seen a commercial for Travago in ages, but it was kind of creepy. Just the guy, I don't know, just something different. I like when Shatner did Priceline. William Shatner for Priceline. You need to travel. We've got the best deals. William Shatner. Captain Kirk. Go. Go on the Starship Enterprise. We've got great deals for you. But this Travago guy just was kind of creepy. Well, Travago or Travago, uh, Travago, I think is how it's pronounced. They did a recent survey, and here is what they found: that desperate travelers said they would be willingly they would be willing to give up love, sex, or money in exchange for a trip. I don't know about you. I don't want to travel that badly. I'm not giving up sex, and I'm certainly not giving up cash. Well, you got to give up cash if you travel. That's, you know, but if somebody says, okay, we'll let you travel, but you got to give us like 10 grand or 50 grand or 100, no way, forget it. Nearly half would give up their job to travel. 38% would give up sex for a year. What? This is outrageous. One quarter would fork over all their savings. One in five said they'd dump their partner if it meant they could take a trip in the near future. Sergeant Steve, do any of these categories apply to you right now? Uh, negative. Okay, good. Well, first of all, I know that you would never tell me if you really wanted to travel that badly and you would be uh, willing to give up Mrs. Sergeant Steve. You would never publicly admit that. You're smart enough not to do that. Well, I wouldn't if that were true, but right. that's not true. Correct. Exactly. But think about this. 20% of people would be willing to dump their partner if they could take a trip. And then half would give up their job. Almost 40% give up sex for a year. These people are nuts. There is absolutely no way. Now, here's an interesting thing. Remember Dr. Phony Fauci, the man that told us this is going to be like the common cold. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. That was at a congressional hearing. Don't worry about it. No problem. Then the man that said, 
don't bother wearing a mask. You can't transmit this thing by air. Don't worry. Then he says, no, I just lied because I wanted the mask to go to health providers. And this is the guy that said we would never have a vaccine within five years. It's, it's, it's a five-year to ten-year process. Well, President Trump made Dr. Phony Fauci look like a complete schmuck because President Trump said, I've got Operation Warp Speed. We're going to accelerate everything. We're going to order vaccine ahead of time, spend billions of dollars. We're going to roll the dice, but I think we're going to have it. And when he was told, when he was telling people before the election, I think we'll have it right around the election, maybe before the election, but certainly I believe before the end of the year, everybody laughed, everybody poo-pooed President Trump, all, all the health professionals, Burks and phony Fauci. Phony Fauci said in his raspy New York voice, it's never going to happen. I don't see this happening. I, I disagree with President Trump. It's not going to happen. And of course, Christine Wallace in the first debate said, Mr. President... Dr. Fauci is one of the leading scientists, leading virologists. I mean, they, they make phony Fauci, they put him on this pedestal like he's this brilliant genius, like nobody else can answer questions or can have an, an expert opinion on anything to do with viruses, that it's only phony Fauci. And so Christine Wallace asked President Trump, he said, now, President Trump, phony, <laughs> didn't call him phony Fauci, but he should have. He said, Dr. Fauci, your own health advisor, said that we won't have a vaccine. No way will we have it before the end of the year. I mean, your own people are telling you this. Why do you continue to spew this? That's essentially what Christine Wallace said and asked. And President Trump said, well, I disagree with him. And, and Wallace said, well, he's an expert. He said, well, he may be an expert, but I've got the data and I disagree with him. I think we'll have one around the election, maybe before and I believe certainly by the end of the year. And, of course, Biden went after him, and everybody in the press, oh, he's hallucinating, he, he's, he's clueless, he's just living in a fantasy world. Well, what happened? One week to the day after the election, Pfizer announces their vaccine is effective and ready to go. They got approval two, three weeks later. And then a week after that, Moderna comes out and says, our vaccine is 90-plus percent effective. And we're going to go for emergency use authorization. So who was lying? Phony Fauci? The supposed immunologist and virology expert? Or President Trump? President Trump clearly was telling the truth. So what is my point here? We have the vaccine. And what did phony Fauci say all along? Well, when we have the vaccine, people will be able to get to normal again. They'll be able to travel again, go to restaurants, visit family, go to games. Everything will be back to normal, but we can't do that until we have a vaccine. Okay, we've got a vaccine. And Israel has just determined, looking at their data, that the Pfizer vaccine and per capita, they have immunized more of their population than any other country in the world. Granted, their population is, I think, 13 million, much smaller than the U.S. However, I think they've got almost 50% of the population immunized, pretty close. But what they found is something very interesting, that I think 98.5% effectiveness against catching the CCP Wuhan virus, and in the instances when people did catch it, it did not require hospitalization and it wasn't a major deal, they also found something very interesting, that those persons who were immunized with the Pfizer vaccine did not transmit the CCP Wuhan virus, even if they were asymptomatic.
Interesting. Game changer. What did phony Fauci say? We need a vaccine to get back to normal. That's exactly what he said in his raspy voice. And this week he says, well, even with the vaccine, we're not going to get back to normal until maybe 2022. You'll still need to wear a mask, maybe two masks, and you won't be able to just travel anywhere you want to go into restaurants and, and, and live normally. We're going to see this for a while. Phony Fauci knows that his grip on power is loosening. Everybody thought, oh, phony Fauci, the Libstream media, they love Fauci because he was against Trump. Everything Trump said, Fauci rebutted, and who turned out to be correct. And now, from what I perceive, there are many in the Biden administration that are getting a little fed up with phony Fauci. As an example, phony Fauci has been there for 40 years. He has been 40 years he has had that job. He's a bureaucrat. He hasn't seen patients in 40-plus years. He is a Washington swamp rat bureaucrat. And when President Trump brought in other experts, Dr. Scott Atlas and other virologists from Yale and other esteemed institutions, and they disagreed with Fauci, Fauci went after him. They attacked the other virologists, saying they didn't know what they were doing. Why did they attack him? Because phony Fauci and the scarf, Martha Burks, they're, they're bureaucrats. They are Washington swamp rats. They are never used to being challenged. Everything they say is always right. And now you had people challenging them. Oh, by the way, scientists. These aren't just amateurs off the street saying, no, you're not following the science. You're not doing, you're not, you're not following various scientific protocols. So the Biden administration getting fed up with him. He is the longest serving head of virology and immunology at the NIH, the National Institutes of Health. As an example, his four predecessor, predecessors each stayed eight to nine years. All four of them. Fauci, 40 years. He's 82. It's time to go. Again, there's another one we need to hit the eject button on. If Fauci was honest from day one, I could say, okay, yeah, maybe I believe it. But Fauci, every step of the way, has turned out to be a fraud. He has turned out to be phony. Thus, I call him Dr. Phony Fauci. If you think Americans are going to stick around, everybody gets vaccinated, and we're going to stick around for another year to two years wearing these stupid masks and not living our lives... Fauci, you got another thing coming to you. If you want to live that way, be my guest. The rest of America has had it. And now we're seeing that the vaccines are effective in very high numbers. And by the way, where did the flu go? Every, amazing. This time of year, we've got the flu everywhere. The flu has virtually disappeared. Interesting. Now, maybe it's part of the fact that people are socially distancing this time of year when the flu is prevalent. People are not shaking hands. That's a good thing, maybe during flu season. Maybe we say, hey, between the months of, uh, of December and uh, March, sorry, it's flu season. Social distance, not a bad idea. But I'm sorry, I'm not going to wear a mask in perpetuity. That is just not going to happen. Sooner or later, this country must get back to normal. And we should do it without phony Fauci sitting in the chair as head of the NIH's virology and immunology department. Camacho cigars are known for their strength and character. It's in their DNA. They're unconventional. Now, you know when you talk about a mild-bodied cigar with a Connecticut wrapper, it's the same story. Light, golden, mild... 
Yawn. Camacho decided they were going to strip it down and tune it up with more flavor, more satisfaction, enough to earn a seat at the Camacho table. While still maintaining a nice medium-bodied character, the Camacho Connecticut starts with a Connecticut wrapper from Honduras, a binder from Honduras Authentic Arojo, and Honduran Dominican Republic filler. What do you get? A nice medium-bodied cigar that is tuned up, that delivers cream, woody nuttiness to round out spice and sweetness. Camacho, Connecticut. Good any time of day or night, morning, noon, or night. You can never go wrong. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. All right, lastly, Larry Flint, the infamous Larry Flint, the man who... Founded Hustler Magazine. Now, when you think about it, there were three men that were probably infamous to, I would say, adolescent boys, especially as they were going through puberty. First, first was, without any question, the great Hugh Hefner. I mean, Hugh Hefner was the man that started Playboy. At the time, it was big. I remember growing up, 13, 14. I mean, listen, Playboy did have great articles. The pictures were good, too. But they had great interviews, great art. And, of course, my first Playboy subscription, I think I was 16, I thought I was a big shot, and I said, listen, I read it for the articles. The interviews are fantastic, very in-depth. The cartoons are great. You know, I mean, I kind of justified that. But the reality was, first thing I waited, I wanted to look at was, who's the broad in between the staples right in the centerfold? And I think most heterosexual men were in the same category. Now, they showed boobs, and they showed a little bit of bush, but not much. Then you have Bob Guccione of Penthouse. Now, when you became more refined and you wanted to see more and you thought that you've really kind of gone to the next level, then you would subscribe to Penthouse. I know I did. And I said, well, I like Penthouse because it's a little bit more intellectual. No, the reality was they showed Bush. They showed women. I mean, it was beautiful. Then you had Larry Flint, who really took it to the next level. Not only did he show Bush... But he showed puss. Bush and puss. He showed everything. So there was really nothing to the imagination. So consequently, of all three, amazingly, I think Hugh Hefner certainly was the most famous, but I think Larry Flint was the most infamous. And certainly uh, he was a First Amendment advocate. And whether you agreed with him or not on what he published, I always believe in the First Amendment, and I think we're seeing a huge challenge to that right now. And I'll get to it. I'll get to the next bold alpha. I'll talk about what uh, what Amazon, the largest seller of books right now, fifty some odd percent market share, what they're doing to suppress the First Amendment and free speech. That's for the next bold alpha. But Larry Flint, whether you liked him or not, you certainly had to admire his fight for the First Amendment and First Amendment rights. Now, you'll note that he was in a wheelchair for many years. He was shot. He was attacked. I think outside, Sergeant Steve, wasn't it outside an Ohio courtroom? I believe there was some case that he was uh, arguing he was a plaintiff in against uh, a county or city in Ohio, and he was outside talking, and somebody shot him, and he was paralyzed. I think it was outside of Ohio, wasn't it? I don't remember if it was in Ohio. I mean, he had lots of uh, conflicts with the city of Cincinnati, over many, many years, including the store he opened in downtown Cincinnati. But I, don't I think remember he was where a native. Was was, wasn't he a native of Cincinnati or Kentucky? Kentucky? He was born Kentucky. in Kentucky, yeah. Okay, so and, and I think he started opening some gentlemen's clubs, certainly not what we would consider today. But here's it was the in thing Georgia. Wanted, he was shot in Georgia. 
You shot in Georgia. Yep. Okay. So he was fighting outside these legal of Atlanta, Gwinnett County. Okay. Gwinnett. Okay. All over the place. And certainly, uh, you know, he had a very difficult life. And uh, when you look at, you know, somebody can have all the money you want, but, you know, living in a wheelchair, he was in tremendous pain. And uh, I know his daughter, I think, passed away young and his girlfriend or wife, same thing. But when Larry Flint passed away in his Los Angeles home several weeks ago, heart failure at the age of 78, the Las Vegas Hustler Club that Larry Flint owns decided they wanted to honor their founder with a sexy celebration of life. And how do you do that? I can think of no better way. A party with performances by pole dancers, drinks, and onstage memorial. So Larry Flint truly can say he went out with a bang. And I got to tell you, that's probably so much more exciting than the normal celebration of life that you would see at a church or a synagogue. And he actually sold tickets. They sold tickets to the Hustler Club, and I think the thing was sold out. So Larry Flint, gone at the age of 78. Again, whether you agreed with him or not, the one thing that I believe in is First Amendment, the First Amendment right to freedom of speech. And there are times when something could be printed or said that is very vile. And people will be outraged, but I believe stronger in the First Amendment than some vile uh, nonsense people are spewing. And that is what separates the United States of America and our Constitution from the rest of the world. But it's being challenged right now, that I can tell you. All right, don't forget to subscribe and uh, make sure you also do a search and subscribe to our brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show podcast, where we talk... Uh, everything about being a cigar connoisseur and the cigar lifestyle. As always, it is Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, alpha male-in-chief, where we always talk alpha male lifestyle, lifestyle conversation and maneuvers. Make sure, as always, as a alpha male, number one, 1A, one 1B, one live it up. 